0: Welcome to the MRP Tech Podcast. This is episode 190. My name is Matt, and this is the weekly podcast discussing everyday tech for everyday people. Now, it has been a couple of weeks since you last heard from me, and the reason for that is because the start of the school year has been pretty crazy for me. But this week, I have a sort of roundup episode. I'd like to talk to you all about something very special that I've been working on, Before I get into that, though, uh, check out my website, MRPTechReviews.com. That's where you can find all sorts of really great information on the podcast and and things that I've been up to. Uh, The website is up to date as far as um, all of the last video episodes that you can find on YouTube. If you want to check out the audio version of the show, you can go to PodNuts.com and scroll down to the shows and go to the MRP Tech Podcast section of the website. You'll have all of the audio versions of the website um, or of the podcast. You can go to either site to get the RSS feeds to subscribe. You can also go to YouTube and subscribe to the YouTube channel itself. And uh, that's where you're going to get the video versions of the podcast. Now, uh, if you go back to episode 178, 178 is a podcast podcast where I talked about a research project of a long lost cave that I had come across a story basically from the early 1900s of an explorer in my area who basically found a cave and, uh, proclaimed it to be as big as mammoth cave in Kentucky. Um, the story was, went on, um, locals said they had heard about the cave before he even discovered it, so there was an argument there. And over time, um, the story was true, the caves existed, over time the story was sort of forgotten. And in the 1970s, what happened was that there was an expedition that was sent out to uh, study the claims from this original uh, quote-unquote discoverer, and um, basically wanted to see what size of the caves were and the caves were later uh, obviously debunked as the cave was not as big as mammoth cave in in mammoth cave in kentucky is the you know one of the world's largest caves It's about 400 miles long but that group sort of came and did a study on the caves and and they left and basically for decades you know maybe a few locals here and then uh, here and now uh, might go and and uh, find the caves but literally uh, this is sort of an untouched area um, it's it's if you remember the episode back to one, 178 if you haven't listened to it yet by the way go check it out episode 178 is where I talk about this so I would I advise you to stop here and just go and and uh, take a listen to that first. But basically, um, in that episode, it took us two attempts to find the caves. The caves are quite hidden. And even if you're looking for the caves, even if you know where they are, uh, they're hard to find. They're not the easiest thing in the world to get to. Miles and miles of bushwhacking. There is no trail. Uh, It's very rugged terrain, very wild terrain. Uh, Evidence of moose everywhere and other animals as well. So... Basically, we we took an attempt uh, based on the information that we had, um, and the information was misleading when we got out there. So the second attempt, we actually found the caves. We found the evidence of the group from the nineteen seventies that went out, and later we found the cave on the second attempt. Um, it happened to be. Uh, late March when we went out there, and it was still technically bat hibernation season, and uh, we knew it was illegal to enter a cave during bat hibernating season, so we did not enter the cave then. We came out a third time in April, and at that point uh, there was still massive amounts of ice uh, on the entrances to the cave, so uh, we were not able to enter the cave then. And uh, during that time, we were sort of coordinated, w- coordinating with a relative of mine, uh, Chris I've had on the show before. He was our uh, search and rescue guy when we did a search and rescue episode uh, oh, a couple of years ago now. Um, he runs various, uh, guided tours through the mountains. He is an experienced climber. He is also a cave rescue, uh, certified as well. And so we were sort of coordinating with him about, uh, getting some ropes and and gear, protective gear to go in the caves. And then of course COVID hit and everybody was quarantined for so long. And, um, And so now it was basically just planning an attempt in the fall, because in the summertime, everything is just so overgrown, it was going to be impossible, and the bugs were going to be terrible, that type of thing. So basically, what we did is uh, we coordinated with him and um, decided this past Saturday to go out and start exploring the caves. Now, if you're watching the video version, I'm going to show you some pictures. I'm going to sort of just uh, tell the story of what happened um, as we were exploring the caves uh, this weekend. And um, so basically, the idea is um, there is no trail. So there is a very thick bushwhack for miles and miles. Uh, no trail, you have to know where you're going. And the images that I'm showing are very rugged terrain, uh, very thick trees, and um, it is not an easy hike to get there. And so you have to have Uh, experienced hikers with you. Uh, The the group that I went with, I went with my brother and uh, who is an experienced hiker and um, my cousin Chris, who is um, the rock climber and certified guide for uh, cave exploration and cave rescue and everything like that. Um, But we um, picked the absolute most beautiful day. We started off early in the morning and it was just uh, a picture perfect hike even though it was... um, (laughs) <laughs> a bushwhack, so to speak, to to get to the caves. Uh, it was just an absolutely beautiful day. Uh, it was probably going to be the last beautiful day that we had. Um, just some really nice birch forest that we walked through. Very steep terrain. Um, we found evidence of moose scratching, um, moose bedding. Um, apparently, DEC uh, says that there are over a hundred uh, hundred moose in the area. Uh, which is really cool. Uh, we were making lots of noise, of course, so we're not going to be able to s- see any of those animals. Uh, but it's just a, absolutely, if you if you remember episode episode one seventy eight, I just was. It's absolutely a serene place. It's just uh, places where people don't go, and there's not very many places like that. So that's why I haven't really divulged the exact location of these caves. But um, as I'm going through, I'm sort of taking pictures and my my relatives are taking pictures as well. And basically, if you don't know where the caves are, you're gonna miss them entirely. You could literally walk right between uh, some of the caves and you would you wouldn't know they were there. And so basically, there's a, a network of caves. I call it the smaller cave and the bigger cave, but really there are four or five different entrances and they each have their own unique properties. And so we first approached the smaller cave. Now the smaller cave is the one that I first sort of quote unquote rediscovered uh, back in March. I, I stumbled across the opening and I was very excited because we knew we found it. Um, the smaller cave is, is the one that I found. My brother, Todd, uh, he actually found the larger cave about a, a, a couple of hundred feet away or so. So the smaller cave we started with because we weren't, uh, we weren't expecting very much from it. And um, when you looked at it with the ice, it just seemed like you could climb in basically. Uh, but with the ice melted, um, it, there was actually about a 30 foot drop. And so what we decided to do um we decided to take the opportunity to, uh, rope up. I had never been repelling before. Um, and so it was a good opportunity for me to get in the harness and, and basically learn how to repel. Um, now starting off, I'm not uh, somebody who is very excited about getting into, uh, repelling or caves to begin with, but, um, this for me is about a culmination of a, of a story of research, local history, local lore, discovering what the truth is of the matter. Um, so we had a lot of gear with us and um, we had, um, you know, proper helmets. We had uh, LED lights for inside the caves, um, all proper safety equipment. And the whole time I felt very safe and, um, so we we, th- we had about a 200 foot rope that uh, we threw down. And of course, uh, me not really knowing what I was getting into, I was expecting just to use the rope to guide myself down into the cave. And so I was asked to go down first, uh, never been repelling before. And uh, when I got to the edge, I realized that it was the 30 foot drop or so down into the, the cave. And um, so I, I, I said, okay, here we go. So I, I I hooked up, I harnessed in and, uh, it took me a little while. It wasn't that I was really scared of the ropes. It was trying to figure out where to place my feet because I, I, um, I have a bad back and I didn't want to throw my back out uh, right away. So, um, so for me, it was positioning and learning how to use the equipment kind of as I was hanging over the ledge because I I didn't really know a whole lot about it. And I was explained a couple of times how to use it, but it was just a matter of learning how to use everything. Uh, once I figured it out, it, it was pretty easy. And there's some really cool shots here of um, the sun coming through the caves with um, the other guys repelling down. And now when you get into the cave... Um, the cave kind of went in two directions. Uh, right underneath where you repelled, it sort of stopped. Um, there was kind of a cave in. And the other part of the cave, it there was a lower section and an upper section. The lower section was blocked by a big rock. So we climbed up and over a boulder, and uh, it looked like the cave actually ended. And once uh, everybody had repelled down inside the cave, uh, we were just kind of taking a look at the smaller rock. Uh, cave, and we were, we were we found a skylight, and then all of a sudden we found a little hole, and this hole could, couldn't have been more than than um, a foot and a half to two feet wide, and um, my brother first stuck his head in inside of the hole and realized it opened up into a much larger cavern. And my cousin Chris took a look at it and went inside and they were sort of deciding whether or not they were going to go inside this hole. And, um, at that point, um, there was lots of discussion. They tried it several times on going through this hole, um, I looked in and I said, yeah, that's a whole lot of nope for me. Um, I was not very interested in going in in the hole just because I I did take a look in um, (laughs) and it it is not the most uh, graceful approach. So what we did is um, my brother, Todd, went in first, climbed in feet first, and it's from what I hear, there's like a few steps down. It's about four or five feet and it's kind of an awkward bend. Uh, so knowing my back, I really decided I was not going to enter the hole. And besides which, going in a hole that small is just crazy. So that wasn't for me. But they actually went in and the the cave actually went down in two directions. It was about 70 feet straight ahead. There was a really large whittlemaker rock that was kind of hanging and they didn't go any farther than that uh, in that tunnel. Then there was another tunnel that went down probably another 100 or 150 feet and to a smaller cave where there were some bats in, in the smaller cave. And my brother crawled in a smaller hole. Uh, and eventually that was, f- f- I guess, filled with daddy long legs. And that's as far as they went there. And uh, then they climbed back out. We took a short break and then made our way to the larger cave. Now, on the climb out of the smaller cave, um, it was actually, and I'll show you the picture a little later on. Um, I don't have it in order here, but as we were climbing out, uh, we were climbing on a small ledge and I had to extend myself um to get out of the cave. And I sort of tweaked my, my hip, uh, which is what I've been having some issues with. And so for about 10 or 15 minutes, I was kind of limping pretty good, but I didn't want to miss going into the lower cave. And I knew if I stretched properly, um, I, I, it would resolve itself within a few minutes. So now the larger cave, um, a super wide entrance, probably 50 feet, and you scramble some boulders to go down inside the cave. Now, this cave in particular, it was massive. I mean, it's been years and years and years since I've been in a cave, but this this cave, the entrance to the cave was surprising. It went down and to the left, and Um, obviously it it was uh, a separation in the mountain. The mountain had moved and created this opening, maybe freezing and thawing, uh, expanded it over time. The smaller cave was like a fault line almost um, following a crevasse. And so they looked very different. And the larger cave was pretty incredible. Um, As we went down and to the left, we started to, um, number one, we found some graffiti from the 1970s, and we knew the graffiti was there going in, so we weren't surprised. Um, you know, back in the 70s, people weren't as up to snuff as they are today. Uh, this probably wouldn't happen today in most cases, and at some point, I, I would actually like to go up and clean the graffiti off, um, And but it's just so difficult to get there. Um, So that may be something I think about in the future. What we did find was a moose carcass and uh, moose bones which was kind of neat because the original story said that they had found elk bones in the cave. And we were wondering if they confused elk for moose uh, back in the day and if these were the actual bones uh, from from the original discovery. It's hard to say because it is, it is over 100 years ago, but in some cases, caves can prevert, preserve things very well. Um, we think it's newer and, um, that maybe something was chasing the moose and the moose fell into the cave and either died or was dragged deeper into the cave. Uh, we're not really sure, but we found some bones and, um, uh, it was, um, you know, interesting to check out. We explored a couple of, uh, small openings that, that did not lead anywhere and, um, there was one more hole to check out and it was right underneath where the graffiti was. It was probably about three feet wide and the the hole, as you as you stuck your head in, uh, going down and to the left, it dropped quite considerably and then it opened up. And so what we did is we went and got our ropes and harnessed up again. And basically we tied the ropes off, sent the ropes down and did another rappel. This rappel was probably... 45 to 50 feet, maybe uh, just best guess, but it was a much easier descent than the the first cave. There was actually places to, to um, put your feet and everything like that. So um, my older brother who had discovered, rediscovered quote unquote, uh, this particular cave back in March, uh, he went down first and uh, climbed through the hole. We had the, the main rope to rappel on. We also had a safety line because we're not experienced uh, climbers. He's more experienced than I am as far as doing this type of thing. Um, But we repiled down, I would say, like I said, 45 to 50 feet, but it was much easier. Uh, Here's a good shot of uh, the inside looking back up. You can see there are some rocks where you can place your feet. And um, so I went down second and my, my cousin went down third. And here, the cave just opened up into all sorts of different routes and and all sort of going the same direction. Um, There was sort of a main route. Uh, We did see some wildlife down there. It was a little frog Uh, we were careful not to step on. Wildlife uh, was not afraid of us, so uh, that would tell you that um, not very many people have been down inside this cave. Uh, In fact, there was almost no evidence whatsoever of... Of, of humans at all. There was no trails, there was no footprints, there was no, um, you know, uh, torn up grass or moss or that things approaching the cave. So there was really, we have no idea the last time uh, somebody has actually been in the cave. I would say probably decades. Um, maybe somebody once in a while explore the outside of the cave, but I would, I would certainly bet 80s, maybe early 90s before was the last time somebody was here, which is kind of cool. Now from this point, we go down inside the cave and it's nice and wide, you can stand up, and it sort of almost looked like a mine uh, where there's like a square where you could walk through. And we started walking down and there was a, a, a way to go up and to the left And uh, the other two went up and to the left and I wasn't really feeling it at that point. My back was starting to hurt and they sort of looped around and came back in front of me and there was a small hole that I could crawl through to meet up with them. So I said, you know what? I can actually do that. Let me go through the hole. So we went through the small hole and around the corner and the cave becomes a crawlway. And for some reason, um, like I said, I'm not a cave person and I'm not a rope person, but for some reason, there was like a, a moment of anxiety that I had um, and it wasn't really that big of a deal, but I tried to take a breath in and there was no air and it was very strange. And, and then, of course, my mind, you know, clicked to every TV show that I've seen of people in caves with no air and I needed to step back, um, back to where I could stand up. So uh, they kept going down the cave another 200 feet or so and uh, they kept the cave kept getting narrower and narrower. And, um, I came back and I could hear their voices, you know, however far away it was 150, 200 feet. And I could hear them talking and I was okay. I stretched out a little bit. My back started feeling better and my headlamp started to get very dim. The batteries were dying. So I had a flashlight with me. Um, I turned the flashlight off to save the battery and, this whole time I was looking back about this little hole that I had crawled through, knowing that I could crawl back through this and get to the ropes that I that we repelled down. And um, I started to hear them coming back, and so I figured I'd uh, make a head start back to the ropes. So I crawled through the crawl space, and um, all of a sudden I realized that um, I'm in a different area than when I crawled through the first time. And that didn't make any sense to me because of the whole time I knew that that crawl space is what I crawled through. So the, the thing here is now I'm disoriented and my headlight is about to die. And for about 20 seconds, I was, I was freaking out and, uh, I somehow I ended up above where I was before and I saw a shaft below me and I didn't recognize it because I was expecting that I was in the shaft that I was the first time and um, that was like a moment of almost panic and um, it was just... 20 seconds. And then, um, I found the the ropes where we rappelled down and I was fine. It was just weird to get turned around. And, and, um, because I, I knew which way I came in and which way I came out, but some reason I ended up above where I crawled before. And it was just this really weird sensation. Um, so I waited at the ropes, uh, a while for a while, and they actually came up and took a different route and found a massive opening um, that was filled with bats. And um, this is where the, the story of the bat cave came from w- with with this research. That, that they mentioned the bat cave a few times. Massive opening, probably 60 feet wide, uh, unknown depth uh, at this point. Um, they were in there a few minutes and uh, so we sort of crawled back out. And... Um, It was really unbelievable uh, how big this cave was and it just keeps going in, in multiple directions. And so uh, we're planning on going back and, and mapping out how, how deep it actually goes. We'll, we'll um, carry some other ropes and some string and, and that type of thing to sort of map things out. And um, there are actually multiple routes that lead back up to where we rappelled in, which was kind of interesting. Um, so we ultimately um, had a great time exploring. Uh both the bigger caves we explored some of the smaller ones as well. Uh, I don't have pictures of the smaller ones, but the um both caves were pleasantly surprising. the um <laughs> uh, at that point though, after uh, getting a little disoriented, I was ready to get out of the caves um and it was getting later on, late in the day, so to speak. um now when I joke and I say that I don't like ropes and I don't like caves. Um, this was still a pretty awesome experience. And for me, it was the, the idea that I came across this story back in, I think, February, we researched it, Uh, we took a couple of trips out, we found the caves that had been quote, unquote, forgotten about. And it was real. And then for me, it was about uh, finishing the story, finishing the research and and uh, getting to go in and explore as much as I felt comfortable with. Now, I didn't know if I was actually going to be able to go in the caves, because I wasn't sure if I really felt up to repelling. Um, and so when we got there, I was just kind of ready to go. And, um, the repelling wasn't that big of a deal. Um, there, you know, as far as rock climbers would be concerned, this would be an easy repel. Um, the caves themselves are, are pretty, um, strenuous. Uh, you, I get, I've, I got beat up pretty good. I have scrapes and bruises and cuts and tears and, and all sorts of places. And it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, but we got banged up pretty good and, um, also extremely dirty. We were muddy. Um, I was, I was a little muddy. Uh, they were crazy muddy because they were crawling through crawl spaces and stuff like that. Um, just really interesting geologic features mostly granite. Um, we did find some sandstone in there, oddly enough, and that was really surprising. Uh, we're wondering how sandstone got there. Uh, just absolutely exhausted by the end of the day. Uh, the hike itself is exhausting and then not to mention, uh, adding a couple of repels and climbs, uh, really just crazy, uh, adventure. And, uh, so we made our way down the mountain. Um, everybody was pretty tired. So we, we booked it pretty good. And a couple of key moments here. Um, you know, for me, just getting to go inside the caves was, was pretty amazing. Um, this is a really neat picture. This one was, this picture was sent to me. Um, it's a picture of me kind of looking up, uh, you have the entrance of the cave light behind me. Um, everybody that I've shown this to says, uh, you know, looks similar to Batman. Um, it's just my, the look on my face is just like in sheer, sheer awe of how big the cave was and that we were finally inside the cave. Um, just a cool photo. Um, not to mention, you know, my first repelling, um, adventure, you know, everybody made it out safely. Here's a photo of uh, a couple of photos of my first repel. It doesn't look like I'm wearing ropes in this photo, but I actually am, um, you know, and I, I just sort of took it one step at a time and, and then uh, made the, the big jump down um, as ungracefully as possible. Uh, you know, <laughs> nobody else, I'm sure on their first repel does a great job either. But uh, so I made it uh, and really it was just kind of a, a neat thing to kind of wrap up the story. Now, um, this is a picture of that ledge I was talking about. If you look, this was me exiting the first cave. There is about six inches here where you have to navigate uh, around a ledge and beneath me is about a 30 foot drop and it's very slippery and very mossy. And after you get around the corner, you have to kind of lay down and pull yourself out um, and then it opens up and you can walk out of the cave. Well, that's where I sort of hurt my my hip. Uh, I've been having issues with my hip, I, like a pulled muscle or something, and uh, it just kind of gave out at me right at that spot. And um, I know a couple of stretches that seemed to help, and um, within 20 minutes or so, I was kind of back to normal. Um, but just a cool, fun day. And like, like I said earlier, the, the reason behind going into the caves was to finish the project. It was, yes, it's different. I pushed myself in a way that I've, I I don't usually push myself. I don't like ropes. I don't know how many times I can say that in the podcast. Um, never really was thrilled about harnessing up for anything. And, um, caves aren't really my thing either, but the whole idea of um, when we, we started researching this, we had our, you know, we had the maps on our iPads, we had the GPS, we had the information, we couldn't find the caves. This is so hidden. We tried Google Earth, you can't find them in Google Earth, anything like that. And um, it was a mix of using technology and, and uh, instinct and um, trial and error. And we ultimately found the caves. We had to wait and be patient in order to be able to go in them. We uh, explored them. We were safe. We, um, you know, didn't take anything out of the cave. You know, we didn't take any of the bones from the moose. We didn't, um, you know, vandalize the cave like other people have in in the past. And um, really, it was just a great experience um in and out. And if you um have questions about this you can email me and uh mrptechreviews at gmail.com. I'd be glad to, would be glad to answer any questions that you have on this. Uh, one thing that I'm not going to do is I'm not going to disclose the location of the cave. Uh, number one it is in one of the most serene areas that you could ever imagine. Number two, um, it's sort of preserved and, um, as you don't get that very often. Number three, um, the adventure of finding something is, is pretty cool. Um, and so if somebody were to ask me where it was, I would tell them to go find it themselves. Um, and it's not to be selfish. It's not to you know. I'm sure other people have been there. Um, in in it could be recently. It doesn't there look like zero evidence? Um, you know, the other two are far more experienced than I am about tracking and tracing things. Um, there was zero evidence anybody has not been there in a long time, and um, that says something pretty special about that place, which is really cool. Uh, So I'm not going to disclose the location of the cave. And um, I will say it was an adventure and it was nice to wrap things up. Um, And I couldn't have gone with two uh, more experienced people. They were a whole lot of fun. It was a day of no stress. It was a day of laughter and excitement and um, high energy and adrenaline. (laughs) It was... um, it was just a great day. Uh, the weather was beautiful, and you don't get that a whole lot. There was everybody was in perfect agreement on everything. Um, there was no. Um, everybody just had the game plan, and we stuck to the game plan, and that's pretty awesome. And everybody did their thing, and I couldn't have been more exciting. And you know, even with a couple of you know, seconds of, of panic, uh <laughs> it was it was a an awesome time. So and that's just leaves for a really exciting story, I guess. Uh how easily it is to get turned around in a cave, even if you think you know right where you are, um for some reason, and I still can't figure out what happened, um, how I ended up above where I, I slid in when I came out the same exact way, I will never never get it uh just never will um so we may go back in the future um but this was kind of the very first exploration of the cave and um yeah it was a great time so i'm going to probably record another episode later on uh, early this week and um, get back to some tech topics it's been a while I thank everybody for being patient with my uh, my crazy ideas here. But um, I had to update the story on the caves because it was just that awesome. So that's going to do it for this week, guys. Thanks so much for listening. We will see you next time.